Welcome, Print Hustlers. We are at Print Hustlers Conf 2020. We couldn't be more excited to be able to join you guys and create an incredible live experience this year with two days of awesome knowledge, events, and just overall sharing. Our first speaker, Allie Benholzer, is the founder of Wear Your Spirit Warehouse. She has grit, integrity, and perseverance. Allie has such an incredible story that I asked her to join and tell us about it as we all weather so many different storms that are happening and it puts us in a real good perspective to help reset and create the business that we've wanted. Without further ado, Allie. Hey, Print Hustlers, Bruce, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to share my story and hopefully maybe be able to help inspire anybody out there that is struggling through COVID or struggling through any personal issues. Um, I'm not going to have all the answers. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I hope by me sharing my story, you might get some nuggets that might help. Um, you know, uh, this is an unprecedented time with COVID and We've all had really high highs in our businesses and really low lows, um, but this is nothing like we've experienced before. There's a lot of uncertainty in our situation because we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Depending on where you are, your state may be shut back down or your country. I know that we probably have uh, people from all over the world as uh, print hustlers. So, uh you know, we're looking at whether schools are going to go back in, whether sports are going to go back in. That's a huge part of our business. So the uncertainty is really um, unnerving. Um, but I wanted to share my story because for me, this is not the worst of the worst. Uh, for me, the worst of the worst began in May of 2014. Um, but there's three things I want to tell you about me. First of all, I'm a storyteller. I like to do it verbally and I like to do it in print. That's one of the things that I love about this industry is that I think every t-shirt tells a story um, and, and I wanna help my customers tell their story. Uh, so I'm gonna uh, use a lot of pictures and things that way to tell my story. Second thing is I rip off everybody else's ideas. I don't break copyrights, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm gonna give you some resources and concepts that really have helped me and I'm not gonna pretend they're my original ideas. Uh, I'm gonna point you in the direction of some websites and blogs and podcasts. Um, so just know that most of this I've, uh, I've ripped off. Uh, I am a constant learner, which is why I rip off so much stuff. I love to read, I love to educate myself. I love to surround myself with people who are smarter than me. So, um, that's why I've picked up most of these tips and tricks that I'm going to share with you guys today. Um, and a bonus number four, I have two teenage daughters, so you can't rattle me. You can ask me whatever you want. So let's dive in. May of, oh, my slide's not going. Hold on. There, oh, now it went too far. One second. Okay, there we go. I think we're seeing there. There we go. So May of 2014, and before, really from 2007 till May of 2014, this was my life. Uh, my husband was the commander of Air Force One. We spent lots of time at the White House, lots of time at Camp David, uh, tours, parties, 
this is what I call life before. Um, I ran my business. I had my business since 2004, but it was small. It paid for vacations. Um, you know, I could hustle as much as I wanted or I could sit back and relax. I was in small commercial space and then life changed in an instant. What I, I like to use analogies and the analogy that I use for this is that we lived in this picture perfect world in this snow globe almost, if you will. And it was beautiful. It was great. I had no complaints. I really had life pretty daggone easy. And then one day somebody picked up that snow globe and shook it and they shook it furiously. And when everything settled back down, everything was still there. All the people were still there. My world looked the same, but nothing was in the same place. Everything seemed knocked over. Let me share. So May 17th, 2014, I'm sitting around my kitchen with my husband. We're having some Starbucks coffee. Bruce, I'm going for that Starbucks card, by the way. Uh, and my husband walks up to me, grabs his chest, collapses to the floor, and has a grand mal seizure in front of me and my two daughters. My oldest daughter at the time was 12. She called 911 and ran to get neighbors to help us. I tended to my husband. And uh, uh, my youngest daughter was really inconsolable. She was nine years old and, and had never imagined seeing her father crumble like this. My life changed in the blink of an eye. As a pilot, I knew the minute my husband had a seizure, his career was over. He would never fly an airplane again. And not only was that his livelihood, it was his hobby. It was his passion. It was everything about him. But even that didn't matter in that moment. Um, they rushed him up to Walter Reed. At that point, the day before, he had gotten back from flying President Obama to Laos and Cambodia. And so when we get up and I start talking to doctors, they tell me it could be one of three things. It could be a pesticide that has infiltrated his brain. It could be metastasized cancer, or it could be glioblastoma. At that time, I had no idea what glioblastoma was, and I was too afraid to look. Two days later, he had nine hours of brain surgery. The doctor came out. He said, to, I said to him, do, what do you think it is? And he says, do you really want to know? I said, yes. <laughs> he says, well, we have to wait for pathology, but it's glioblastoma. I said, I don't know what that is. What does that mean? He said, if I were you, I'd retire and go start making memories. They gave my husband 14 months to live. So within two days, we went from very high high to absolutely devastating news. Um, these photos kind of show uh, the day before uh, his second brain surgery all the way through to just a little bit before he passed. Um, I throw the lucky charms up there. I'm going to come back to that. But every, he ended up having three craniotomies and one craniectomy. Craniotomies are brain surgery. Craniectomy is uh, he contracted non-contagious meningitis from the surgical meshes that they had to use from doing the brain surgeries. And so they actually had to remove part of his skull, which is why in those last uh, few pictures, you see him wearing a, a padded helmet. So each of his surgeries, a girlfriend of mine brought me a box of Lucky Charms and we sat and drank coffee and ate Lucky Charms. So uh, 
It's how we lived. He ended up living for 28 months. He far exceeded their expectations. Um, but it was 28 very difficult, very difficult months. These are our lasts. Uh, it's our last White House uh, party that we ever went to. The last time he watched my daughter cheer uh, for her high school and our last Christmas. So very quickly, I went from the man that I married, walking down the, the flight line, flying fighters, to becoming the Air Force One commander, to being hospitalized, to now being interned at Arlington. To say that was a challenge is uh, not even, doesn't even put it in the right words. So this is him, this is us. We went from uh, the four of us living life large uh, to me and now my two girls. And I wanna show you this picture and tell you why I'm sharing this with you. If you look at the picture on the left, that is me and my husband uh, about a week before he passed. And the picture on the right is me this morning. Um, I used food to medicate my depression, my anxiety, and my grief for a very long time. Two years ago, I decided that wasn't working anymore. And that's really when I sent about trying to work on my health and my grief. And I don't want to say fixing myself. It's not the right word. I don't know that I have the word for it but making lifestyle changes and really addressing the underlying issues. And that's where my grit and perseverance comes. And that's when I really started reading and trying to be educated and, and get to the heart of it. And that's what I wanna share today. So when COVID hit, your business may have been struggling already or may have been doing really, really well. But no matter what, this is a stressful time. When your body experiences stress, the first part of your brain to react is the amygdala. It is your fight or flight. Whether you're gonna stay in the fight, you're gonna run, whatever, but it is reactionary. It is, um, primeval, it's, it is not full of thought. It is a reaction. And I'm here to tell you, you have got to get out of your amygdala and get into your prefrontal cortex. That's the next, the next stage. And that's where courage lives and empathy lives and trust and innovation and creativity, accountability, inclusivity, all of those things that we strive for in our businesses, that's where they live. This is where you'll work through your grief, your fear, depression, anxiety. This is where you're going to get your grit. And this is where you're going to get your perseverance. There's a quote that I love. Um, I didn't come by it by myself. I do a lot of research and a lot of reading of Brene Brown. Some of you may be very familiar with her. Um, she's got a Netflix series. She's got TED Talks. Um, I have learned so much from her, and I highly recommend seeking out her stuff. Uh, she introduced this quote to me. Others have used it, so you may have seen it. And I'll read it really quickly. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. 
The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. That was uh, delivered by uh, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, at a uh, conference uh, while he was president. And, and it's been used a lot. But the point to this is you've got to get in the arena. But Renee use, uses this analogy of the arena and the arena seating. And I love it. And it, it set with me so much that I wanted to share it with all of you. Within the arena, you have your season ticket holders, your box seats, your support section, and the cheap seats. Your box seats are the individuals that built the arena and they built it to benefit themselves. And they built it to benefit people like themselves. And they determine the odds of success in the arena based on stereotypes, the amount of information that's available, and fear. They may or may not be your advocates. The next is the season ticket holders. The season ticket holders have comparison, they have scarcity, and they have shame. These may even be the voices in your own head. How do you talk to yourself? What do you say? And I ask you, if you're saying unkind things to yourself, if you make a mistake or you have a failure or you had a bad day, I ask you, would you say that to your child? If you wouldn't say it to your child or your best friend, why are you saying it to yourself? You need to be kind to yourself. You need to give yourself a break. The next is the cheap seats. These, are, these seats are reserved for those individuals that are hurling advice, judgment, and criticism, but they're not in the arenas themselves. They haven't stepped up. They're not taking on the challenges, but they're, they're right there. They're on the outside. It's, uh, I kind of say, uh, you know, I was a really, really good parent before I had kids. I knew exactly how you should raise your kids and what you should do with the screaming two-year-old in the restaurant. And then I had that screaming two-year-old and it all changed. If you're not in the arena or your critics who are in the cheap seats are not in the arena with you, tune them out. The next is the support section. These are your two most important areas in the arena. This is where you'll find empathy and compassion. And again, maybe that's your own voice you need to be self-compassionate. You need to give yourself a break. So where are you in the arena? Are you in the arena? Have you run away from the arena? Are you afraid to enter the arena? Going through this journey and finding that point in time where I needed to make changes, I had to decide to step up. I had to decide to step back in the arena. When my husband got sick in May of 2014, I shut down my commercial space and I brought my business home and I had an embroidery machine and a heat press. I sold off my silk screen equipment and I worked out of my basement. I didn't have room for, for all the equipment. Oh, and I had sublimation as well. I kept two employees that I trusted 
wasn't that I didn't trust others to be in my home. It was more they were going to be an eyewitness to this decline of this great man. And I needed to be able to trust them with my feelings. They were my support section in the arena. Uh, my husband died in November of 2016. And at that time, I took a little bit of time to grieve and take care of my kids and um, just figure out what I wanted to do now that we were in this situation. I decided I was going to reopen my business in commercial space and use that to support my family. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so we, we did just that. I stepped back in the arena. It was one of the scariest things I've ever done. I could have easily, uh, I have a degree in criminology. I was a criminologist before this, and I could have easily uh, gone back to work in that career field, but uh, I didn't want to work for somebody else. I wanted flexibility, which might be a little bit of a joke because we all know as entrepreneurs, there's not as much flexibility as we think, but that was the mindset. And so I decided to armor up and get back in. We opened up a small commercial space in April of 2017 and then quickly outgrew that space. And now we're in a larger warehouse space uh, that we're in now. Uh, it was the best decision I made, but it was not an easy decision. You may be facing really tough decisions with COVID right now. It could even be as much as whether you're going to stay in business or not, whether you're going to change jobs or not. Uh, if you're not the owner of your shop, you know, is this still the right fit for you? Um, it's a tough decision. But when you're making that decision, step back. Hopefully, maybe think about the arena. Think about the different seats, the box seats, the season ticket holders, the cheap seats, the support section. Tune out all of those seats except for the support section. And dig deep. And do it for yourself. Nobody that isn't walking in your shoes and nobody that isn't in the arena with you has the right to judge you. And even if they have similar life experiences, they will not be the same as yours. So while I look at other people's grief and other people who have suffered great loss, while I can commiserate with them, I will never tell them I know how they feel because their loss is different than my loss. Their life was different than mine. And I wouldn't pretend to compare or contrast and say that one is better or worse than the other. And I want you to think about that. I hope my words are in the support section and ring through as you're making some of these decisions to say, you know what, give yourself a break. It is a tough time. Armor up, go into the arena, and make those decisions for you, not because of what the people in the cheap seats are saying. So I'll ask you, where are you in the arena? Are you, well, sorry about that. <laughs> where are you in the arena? Have you run away from it? Are you too afraid to enter? What do you need to do to be able to stand up and walk into it? Are you standing outside of the arena waiting for a seat? And if you're waiting for a seat, I certainly hope you're waiting to sit down in the support section for somebody else. Or are you standing in the hallway of the arena wanting to go in, but you're too afraid to go in? And what's stopping you from going in? Are you in the arena? What thoughts have crept into your head that are holding you back? 
When you're in the arena, which seats do you look to first? Are the box seats and the season ticket holders and the cheap seats drowning everybody else out? So you can't even hear your support section? Or have you got laser focus on that support section and you're able to tune all of the negative out? What messages do you hear from the critics? Are you your own worst critic? What do you hear from the box seats? Are you too young? Are you a female in a male dominated industry? Are you a minority? Have you failed before? Tune them out. Do you have people in that arena that share empathy and compassion? Listen to them. Have you engineered your business to be safe? If you have engineered your business to be safe, you are not in the arena. You might be standing outside or you might be sitting in the cheap seats. So I'm gonna leave you with a thought. And that is uh, Winston Churchill said, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So I hope my words resonate with you and I hope you're in the arena and I'll see you on the other side of COVID, hopefully live and in person. Does anybody have any questions or comments? Thanks so much, Allie. That's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah, happy to. The whole idea of being able to get back in the arena, I feel like is, um, is such an, it, like an important step of just taking that next step to get back in, right? Instead of overthinking the whole um, situation that anybody is in. Absolutely. I, I think at the end of the day, we can be our own worst enemies. And, and like I said at the beginning, I am not a, a professional. I don't have a degree in counseling. So, you know, if you are really in a place that you are struggling so much, I highly recommend talking to somebody. Um, but we've got to get out of our amygdalas. We've got to get into that area of courage and allow ourselves to be just a little bit vulnerable to make those big steps that are hard right now. It's really easy, particularly being isolated. It is so easy to just crumble inward. And and I just, I wanna challenge everybody to, to take that step. Absolutely, I completely agree. Yeah, thank you so much, Allie. If you guys have any questions or want to be able to reach out to Allie, you can always be able to reach out. She is super available. Just Google where your spirit warehouse and Allie is on the about page and you can reach out or I'm sure contact them on Facebook as well, especially if you know you ever need somebody to, to chat with that, that's been in similar situations or just again, getting back in the arena. Thank you again. Thank you.